All right, welcome to Market City Music. Uh, I'm Jordan. I'm Hamilton. Hammy. I'm Tommy. And I'm Victor. I'm Hammy. I was going to do that again because we were talking over each other. You. <laughs> nobody was talking over anybody when you said, I'm Hammy. Oh, I thought I heard Tommy coming. I guess, I don't know. Maybe it's the delays, whatever. Okay. Do I we want to do another, like, introduction or, like... I don't think we um, need to do introductions, like... That'd be kind of annoying if I listened to a podcast and every time somebody introduced themselves. Every episode? Yeah, that doesn't... We assume that if people are listening to this, they at least listen to the the uh, episode one, so... Yeah. I don't know, I feel yeah. like a lot of podcasts I listen to, they always introduce themselves, we like can, every episode. Uh, we can introduce ourselves on our website, marketcitymusicclub.com. <laughs> That's our website, hey. right? Uh, is it Market City Club? So. It might be MarketCityClub.com. Oh, hold on, <laughs> let me get to the website. <laughs> <laughs> we own this domain, guys. Yeah, we should probably figure that out at some point. It's MarketCityClub.com. MarketCityMusic.com. It's MarketCityClub.com. No. Market Market I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'm on. I just tried to go to MarketCityClub.com. No, wait, hold on. Did not work. Market City Music. Yeah. And then it, MarketCityMusic.com. Yes. Ooh, there we go. There's the best milkshakes in town. Yeah, I haven't changed the website because you never sent me any blogs. Speaking of blogs, Tommy, have you worked on any blogs? Yeah, I totally completely wrote it and forgot to send it to you uh, until just now. What's your so What's your first blog cool. on? The new music from last week. Oh, you wrote it on um, uh, Not Our First Goat Rodeo? No, like new music that came out the week before. Oh, what music? Uh, it's a slow I mean, I'm just trying to fill in. <laughs> no, I feel you. Uh, let oh, me yeah. pull up my Google Drive. Well, I know for sure that one of the albums I talked about was the new uh, Fleet Foxes record. So mm-hmm. I know Hammy. Hammy's a big fan of them. Oh, this was a stacked um, <laughs> like last week of uh, music for me because there was the Fleet Foxes album there was uh, the Sufjan Stevens album um, like a week or two before that there was the Bill Callahan one uh, there was that Deftones um, yeah new Deftones record's pretty sick yeah and then there was a surprise like uh, maybe it was hinted at but there was a uh, Field Medic just had a new record too yeah I, I didn't know if you would uh, if you would listen to that or not I was gonna ask you I listened that. to it last night I was like hold on this is not the single. This is a whole album. Yeah, so, yeah it's uh, pretty solid too. I was, uh, I was. Um, that's always great when you think pleasantly it's a surprised, single and it's a whole album. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. he did release a single earlier this week, or I just thought the single was, um, or I thought the album was a single cover. There was a single, and then the album was released. I don't know what period of time passed in between the two, but that did ha- that did happen. I think it was less than a week. Um, and I did not uh, know the record was coming. Oh, also a new Soccer Mommy album came out like a really? week or two ago. Okay, yeah. Oh, that. But that's like that wasn't the the. Yeah, well, it wasn't from, last week. The week before, but still, like it's been like gotcha. a month for me. I have like barely listened to the Deftones at all. I gotcha. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's a it's a sick record. It's exactly what you expect from the Deftones. I was really hoping they might step a little bit out of their comfort zone, but uh, they just released a, another Deftones LP that's super heavy and technical and great. So. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I've been ma- I've been mainly listening to the Joji album. Um, I really oh that it. too. I, yeah, I was about to bring that up. I yeah, really yeah, yeah. enjoyed that album. Like, I liked it way more than um, ballads. Yeah, this was a much more cohesive record, I think, um, and it had a lot of really good features on it. I really like that Pretty Boy song with Lil Yeah, Yachty. that song's That's really a... good. Um, uh, Afterthought featuring Bene, or Benny, I don't know how to pronounce her name. She's like an Australian artist, but she's also on like the radio here. Um, I enjoyed that song a lot, but overall that album was really good. I didn't... Um, I like that. Also, that song with Little Yachty in it. 
Yeah, Pretty Boy. Yeah, that that, that was that was definitely one of my favorites. Also, a couple albums uh, that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, Idols, uh, British punk band. Well, they don't necessarily identify as punk, but British punk band just released a new album last week to Ultramano. Crazy good. Um, if you guys want to listen to some like angry political punk music, it's kind of perfect for the current climate i would definitely recommend giving that one a listen <laughs> wait is that uh is that idols is in like your car is idling or idols is in like a Pop golden idol. idol as in your car is idling i believe it's i-d-l-e-s okay just making sure yeah uh speaking of uh political albums uh who is it bon jovi is releasing a new album that is political that i saw what? Yeah, Bon Jovi oh, wait, is releasing a new album. Yeah. Interesting. You know, oh. my boss in uh, high school at the thrift store I worked at, she lived down the street from Bon Jovi and went to high school with him. Yeah. That's uh, wild. That's she cool. said he was a real weirdo and everyone hated him. Go <laughs> <laughs> look at him now. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, also one other record I forgot to mention. Um, I may be butchering this man's last name. Matt Karakis from Citizen. He's a frontman from one of my favorite bands. Uh, he released uh, another solo EP called Amber Park. It's a huge change of pace from Citizen if you haven't listened to his solo stuff before, but I would definitely uh, give it a listen. And if you haven't listened to the rest of his solo stuff, you should check out Ruby that he released last year. Cause that was a super solid LP super really unexpected for me. Um, but very enjoyable. Really like that. Oh, um, Toots Hibbert died by the way. I found out a little late, but he died in, he died in September. The reggae guy. Uh, yeah. He uh, died about a, two weeks ago yeah two weeks ago coronavirus yeah. i'm sorry what's he's from oh what's really from? yeah toots and the maytals oh yeah um and uh spinal tap is having a reunion for um the pennsylvania democrats fundraiser i what? saw that spinal tap yeah yeah it's uh, uh <laughs> kind of out out of the out of the blue yeah uh from a famous song such as uh, Big Bottom, or is it Big Bottoms? Um, <laughs> and uh, Tonight, I'm Gonna Love You Tonight. Good. <laughs> Gotta turn it up to 11, man. That is good. Uh, there is some bigger news. Uh, Rihanna just released a uh, fashion line with Fenty, and there was a ton of musical performances at so the show. Fenty is actually her company. It's her lingerie brand. Oh, good. This shows you how much I actually know about fashion and clothing. Yeah, so. like her shoes. It's, it's it's a shoes too. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of the equivalent of um. It's it's the equivalent of like uh uh. Beyonce's uh, top uh top shop brand she had that's like oh, merging with Adidas now. Brand I know nothing about. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to sound relevant, guys. I'm sorry. Uh. I, I guess Savage is another brand. Am I am I just showing how little I know about? I don't know because I know Beyonce's. Well, I can't remember exact. I can't even remember the name of Beyonce's, but I know like it was a partnership. Like it was a brand within like Topshop, I think, and now it's like a sub brand within Adidas. So I don't know. Uh, For all I know, it's Fenty is like owned by Savage. Or maybe it was a partnership. I I have no idea. We're, okay. I mean, we'll probably never get into the <laughs> like the the like I, corporate structures. Yeah, of, uh, <laughs> musicians, yeah. Yeah. clothing all, companies. All I know. It's kind okay, of yeah. Interesting. I mean, to talk about for a little while, you know. Yeah, but we don't we don't know enough. Next episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Deep dive on clothing brands that musical artists own. Uh, Hamilton, you were right that Savage owns Fenty. Okay. Your, Makes sense. Your mom owns Fenty. Fenty. Fenty? Fenty, yeah. Fenty. How do you spell it? Uh, uh, F-E-N-T-Y. Oh, I thought you were saying like, or the, Starbu- the Starbucks size. 
Is it T I Venti? No. Why? I don't know. Close, Jordan. Well, you know. Sounds the same. It it does sound the same. They give you a uh, a large shoe if you order a Fenty. Okay. <laughs> All right. Great. <laughs> that was that was a good one. Um, uh, another another uh, big big announcement this week. Ska news. Less than Jake announced a new album and shared their first song, first single in three years. Super excited. Uh, I saw Less Than Jake few years few years ago. I it wasn't a few years ago. It was a long time ago at Warp Tour, twice, and I loved it both times. And I hope to be able to see them again in the future when all this crazy stuff is over. But yeah, super stoked about that. Love Less Than Jake. Big. Uh, I think they're third wave ska. I think that's what they what they're supposed to be. But yeah, super super excited for that. Uh, hmm. And then uh, 21 Savage and uh, Metro Boomin dropped a new album, Savage Mode 2, which, from what I remember, that was their first big, like, that's when 21 Savage became really big in the hip-hop world. And uh, I'm going to take give a listen to this album, because uh, Metro Boomin's, like, top hip-hop producer, like, right now. Like, a lot of people are wanting to collaborate with him. I think he won producer of the year in like 2018 or 2019. I mean, Metro Boomin's been a big name for years. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Um, oh, All right. So, uh, you know, wait. you guys want to roll into, I have one oh. more thing. And, um, oh. uh, <laughs> I have a correction from something I said in the pilot episode. Now you can't correct oh, okay. anything. Amy. Nope. I'm going to, cause it was really dumb. mistake. No, we're not. Joe okay, Reagan. you can cut it, but I'm going to say it. Uh, I said uh, Mark Koslick of Sunkill Moon and the Red Carpet Painters. It's the Red House Painters. I just Ooh. get that confused because he has a song called Red Carpet from the album Ocean Beach from Red House Painters, and it sounds like he's saying Red Carpet Paint when he says Red Carpet Brings. So, just wanted to clarify that. That was the mistake. Man, really screwed that one up, Amy. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. People are probably going to beat down our door. I'm yep. sure. I'm sure all everyone listening at home was just, like, pulling their hair out about that one. Yeah. I know I was. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we have any more formal news, or is that uh, it? Not, else? not really. It's a pretty um, slow week this week. Yeah, Mouth Dreams came out. The new uh, Neil. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, Amy, I'm so <laughs> glad you sent that to me. It was a much needed break from my uh, like depressing uh, like music yeah. stream. <laughs> Goodness gracious, I forgot how funny Neil C.C. Garrett is. Yeah, he's he's great. Are we saying his the, name wrong? I swear. I, I probably C.C. Garrett or C.C. Rega. C.C. Garrett. Just, just to, say that. Just to let everyone know, I can't speak to begin with and pronunciations are not what i'm good at so i'm so sorry if i butcher everything that i say disclaimer for the rest of all of our podcasts (laughs) yeah no worries but yeah no super fun uh the baby back ribs track it's probably my favorite so far (laughs) i don't know the name of any of them because they all have ridiculous names i just know that it was a riff on chili's baby back ribs it was yeah i was losing my mind so it was good (laughs) <laughs> I figured you'd really like that one. <laughs> yeah, it just gave me, like, office nostalgia a little bit, which yeah. is nice. Chili's baby back ribs. <laughs> oh. If you guys don't know who that guy is, he makes, uh, like, mashup remixes, I guess. Yeah, it's a good very... way to describe it. In the same vein as uh, Girl Talk. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, very similar. He actually used um, a track from... Uh, one of the main Girl Talk uh, albums that like he also mashed up. I like recognized it immediately, not from the original song, but because Girl Talk used it in a remix. So yeah, see if you can catch that one, uh, folks at home. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> well, so do we want to go ahead right into the album? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I'm ready. Okay. Let's hop on the tour bus. All yeah, right. the magic, <laughs> the magical mystery tour bus. I I don't want to be on that bus um, (laughs) after seeing the film. Yeah, tell me about (laughs) your experience watching the movie, Hammy. 
Dude, um, I like the album less because of this uh, really? film. <laughs> um, the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways um, was, well, a few things. Um, there was probably like 20 minutes worth of no music, like time wasted. Like most of the time where there's not music, people are just probably clearly like I feel like it was clearly ad libbing, and it's really horrible if it wasn't ad libbing, where they were just like saying nonsense to each other. Or people are running around or driving around, like chasing each other. Like at one point, the tour bus is like on a racetrack with a bunch of other cars. Then the ca- the the bus drives off into the grass, and then all the people in the cars get out and start running after the bus, and like. I don't know. There's a bunch of weird stuff. Uh, another takeaway is they didn't even use all the songs from the album. And in fact, wasted a whole like five minutes with the fake Elvis doing um, <laughs> like a parody of uh, like a parody or a cover or maybe just a straight up recording uh, of um, Death Cab for Cutie, like with a burlesque dancer half like on the st- like on a stage with the fake Elvis. Um and uh, also, the cinematography was uh, decent, uh, actually. And I looked it up, and it was Ringo Starr did the cinematography. Yeah, the movie was uh, so, yeah. directed by the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was uh, the uh, yeah. But Ringo was is solely credited for cinematography, which was like this is the most competent part about the movie. And I was like, all right. Uh, oh, also, uh, Ringo Starr's characters, uh, like annoying aunt. Uh, is and then a character who's a delusional old man named Blood Vessel. They have a dream sequence of them like dancing on the beach, and there's a light motif of uh, "All My Love." So that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's a wild movie. The Beatles were always <laughs> making weird movies, and they always wanted to make movies, and they would try to get rights to make certain movies for like real film studios and everybody kept just like turning them down <laughs> like uh, i can see why historically they uh, so they tried to make um a lord of the rings movie oh, oh my god my where like um, john <laughs> lennon was gonna be gandalf it <laughs> uh, no Dude, and i think they also tried to and... make the wizard of oz and uh, nobody would give them the money to do it <laughs> Can we go back in time and fund these? Uh, oh, I would have loved to see the Beatles, Lord of the Rings, but um, Tolkien's family wouldn't uh, let them make it. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. they were That's funny. back then. It wasn't public domain or anything yet. So, yeah. Wait, gotcha. was there um, was there a time overlap where the Beatles, when they were together, could have worked with Monty Python? I think Monty Python. I feel like yeah, that would have been cool. Seventies. I feel like was there was that like right after? I can't. I'm not sure. I'm gonna look it up. Monty Python was like the eighties. Uh, years okay. active. Nope. Seventies. Sixty-nine to nineteen eighty-three. Oh wow! They like barely so, missed each no. other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Hamilton, going back, uh, I, I was just on their Wikipedia page for the movie and a bunch of other ones but basically there was no script it was heavily improvised like there's a quote from Ringo that says uh, Paul had a great piece of paper just a blank piece of white paper with a circle on it the plan was we start here and we got to do something here and we just went along okay yeah sounds about right oh guys Uh, Hold up. So, this article says... Okay, for one, their Beatle, their uh, Lord of the Rings movie, it was J.R.R. Tolkien himself who refused to let them make the movie. <laughs> so he was still alive. Oh, wow. And then, um, apparently, Peter Jackson is going to be making it. It says what? the Oscar-winning director will bring to life the tense recording session. So he's gonna like direct a Beatles movie, 
and like mix it up with Lord of the Rings because he owns the rights. Oh, because they were interested. I th- I mean, he's on a biography kick. I think right now. Peter yeah, Jackson. so he's doing a Beatles biography, and he's going to integrate it with some of their Lord of the Rings stuff because he can, and he knew they wanted to, and he owns the rights to Lord of the Rings. That's cool. Is yeah, it's like, pretty sweet. Is Paul McCartney going to be involved with that? And Ringo? Um, I would think so. Uh, he said he's using 55 hours of unseen studio footage that was shot in 1969. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. So, there we go. Yeah, welcome to Market City Movie Club, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey. hey, it has to do with... It's another, uh... it's another idea we have. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah we already watch it. a new movie every week, so might as well do a podcast on each film we watch. This movie has to do with music, so we could even cover it. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that's true. We could we could squeeze it in there, like, with an album, like, at the end of an episode. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, what everybody think about this? Hammy likes it less because uh, he watched the movie, which yeah, I didn't I think like... you were actually going to watch. I totally did, and... Uh... The biggest part I like less is um, I can't listen to Blue Jay Way almost at all anymore because I see George Harrison staring into my soul, sitting on the ground, playing a drawn-onto-concrete piano. So, yeah. I mean, I uh, this was my first time going through this album, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it took me a little bit to like get through it, but I like I like the intro of it. It kind of had a nice little tune, and um, I like a lot of like the psycho like the psychedelic music and stuff like that. But I, I overall enjoyed it. Oh yeah, they're playing with stereo in this album is insane. So so I'm gonna be honest. I've never listened to this album all the way through before ever. The first thing on like the first track is the crazy stereo mix right because like you're getting like vocals and only in your left ear and drums in your left ear and then everything else is in your right ear yeah so it felt like empty almost like the way it sounded it was odd yeah they did that a little bit by design though like they were really into this idea of making you feel detached and stuff like that with their psychedelic music um, okay. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it was definitely a common occurrence throughout this whole record. Yeah. Um, but by the way, so the Beatles made the true stereo, but like equipment wasn't up to it at the time in 1967. And so the actual hmm. first true stereo version wasn't released until 1971. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So. Hmm. They were really ahead of their time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, well, I mean, can are we going to get into like specific songs? Yeah. Or are we just kind of getting like, it. yeah, yeah go for um, it. I mean, so man, the the vocal stuff in Blue Jay Way with like the Hammond and like whatever in the world they use to get the vocals on that. I'd, I was reading something on Wikipedia about it. I can't remember where, where it was talking about it. But, like, the, the, like, weird, like, crunchy vocal effects that are on a lot of these tracks are awesome. Like, I um, I was, like, super shocked by a lot of this stuff. I had no idea. They had a yeah. machine um, that Paul McCartney still has and uh, has demonstrated before in some interviews and stuff. But they used mm-hmm. this machine, and they were some of the only few people in the world to have it. But it had a bunch of – they would record stuff in, like, different keys, and they'd, like, put the tracks into this machine and, like, play their songs out, like, on a piano and stuff like that. That was nuts. Mm. Okay. And that's where a lot of the weird sounds are coming from this. Hmm. Um, and so Strawberry Fields Forever – 
the Beatles were like really known for um, being quick in a recording studio. And at this point, they were so rich. They just had all the recording time they ever wanted. And so they recorded that song multiple times. And so when we're listening to it, it's actually spliced together different versions. That's why it's changing keys and uh, BPM all the time. Because they were recorded yeah. in multiple keys and multiple BPMs. And then splice it together to get that weird psychedelic sound. Yeah, yeah I, so I was reading up on this song because there was a bunch of stuff that was really throwing me off in Strawberry Fields Forever. Like stuff that I was like, that's not an instrument. What is that noise? Yeah. Um, and if you go on the... And and this is Wikipedia, so I'm, I'm sure it's relatively accurate. They said that it took them forty over 45 hours in the studio for this one song, which is nuts. Yeah, they just lived there. Um, yeah, and then... There's like all these crazy layers, but so what a lot of it is, is it's like reversed. So they play a lot of it in reverse to get these crazy noises in there. Yeah. So they'll like hold a chord, but play that with like some weird stuff in it, but reverse it and do like, I don't know, all these strange like pitch changes and messing with the speed of the recording and stuff to, to mess with the pitch. It's super wild. I, I had no idea there was that much going into that song. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool about this album, too, is it's really early psychedelic music. Yeah, and that's what All I was the thinking. songs are short. It, it's yeah. before psychedelic got, like, dragged out into 15-minute long songs. They're just, like, quick. They're all, like, the longest one's 4 minutes 35. Yeah. Because what is it, 11 uh, songs in like 36 minutes? Is that about right? Yeah, yeah it's a pretty short album. Yeah, the first yeah. side's 19 minutes and side B is 17. Which I think I is mean, an important a... way to listen to this album. Mm-hmm. To think of it as two sides. I mean, I mean, the Hard Day's Night was similar. Um, as in like a lot of, like a bunch of songs that were really short. Uh, maybe even more so. Oh yeah, I mean, most of their albums were comprised of pretty short songs, but like as yeah. psychedelic evolved, like Pink Floyd comes out in like 1970 and just has like, crazy long albums. It. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of the songs, though, like I don't know, they didn't even have like they had like interesting recording, but like lyrically, they like I feel like Hello Goodbye could have ended up on like lyrically could have ended up on like hard day's night or help or something like that yeah um i kind of think of that as like an era but then you i'm like i go through the catalog and it's like oh all these (laughs) song all these albums are like six months apart so you know it makes sense that you know the song it only came out like two or three years later than an album i might associate it with lyrically right yeah they they did have bleed over in that way yeah Um, for sure and then some other songs feel like they could have fit on Sgt. Pepper's or uh, the White Album. Because the majority of their catalog was in, like, six years. Like was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So It's crazy. Well, they came... Was it in, like, their very early career, it, they just came out with album after album, right? And then they oh, kind of took a break later on? No, they took a break from touring. They okay. constantly put out albums. This and Sgt. Pepper's were put out the same year. Wow. Yeah, which is which is really crazy. Yeah, I mean... And they did a film. And they did a movie. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> did they do a Sgt. Pepper's movie, too? I don't know. They did A Hard Day's Night, which yeah. is just the Beatles being chased around by girls, the whole movie. And Help, which is the same thing. Yeah, and then they did Yellow Submarine, which was uh, an animated movie. So Revolver came out in 1966, Sgt. Pepper's in 1967, and the Magical Mystery Tour in 1967, and then the Beatles, or as it's known in America, the White Album, 1968. I mean, they're on top of each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
and then all 13 of their studio albums came out from 1963 to 1970. That's pretty crazy to think about. No, yeah, it is crazy. They came in and completely changed music. So, oh, like it's just it's just so crazy when you think about it, and, and like, like I feel like there's always such like there's like this huge like argument of like what is the best band that to come out like ever and like like for me personally it's like the Beatles because like their effect on music is so great and like you still hear it today oh well I mean as far as yeah as far as like influence on you know recording and just what you can do with sound and like ideas and meshing things together um yeah it's crazy because like 30 years after the Beatles you have a bunch of popular bands that don't have that aren't nearly as like interesting like you know even like lyrically but also like just like compositionally and like how they record and then you look at like 20 30 years earlier than the Beatles like what was the popular music like the waltz like that's what we had going on yeah like, like, I don't yeah. Know. it's well, it's, uh, it's crazy like the, I mean the, the, the things that they did like I don't know they dethroned like, Elvis that's yeah. how close yeah. they are to like old music yeah but their yeah. music doesn't sound old yeah it's it, so wild to think that this came that soon or that close to Elvis, you know? Like, it's it's super, I don't know, it's just crazy to think about. <laughs> yeah, like, it's uh, it's so funny in the movie uh, Yesterday, like, uh, if, spoiler alert, it's like if the Beatles never existed but only one guy remembered it, he just became famous playing, remembering to play their songs and their lyrics um in that world like bands like oasis don't exist everyone's like oh what are what is oasis and oasis was really big in england in like the late in the 90s yeah i mean their influences it's hard to match um what it's hard to quantify like that as like well what all that bleeds into yeah well and it is just back more on the album i mean Mm-hmm. This isn't one of the definitive albums. It's not the one that like gets the most t-shirts or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's one yeah. of my personal favorites. Probably. So I had Sgt. Pepper's and this uh, and Let It Be on cassette when I was a kid. This is the only three albums by the Beatles that I like grew up with. But this one was always my favorite. Um, gosh, it, you know, I've always loved Strawberry Fields Forever, but the older I get, I love The Fool on the Hill. And I was listening to this yeah. for this podcast, and I was like, I started off, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to pick my favorite song from this album, right? And I was like, all right, it's Magical Mystery Tour. Then The Fool on the Hill comes on, I was like, no, nope, it's The Fool on the Hill. And then all the way through, all the way to the end, I'm like, no, nah, this is my favorite song. Uh, I can't pick anything, you know, it's, except I maybe flying. I don't like that much. I like that song. Oh, really? I really, I really like flying. It's a, (laughs) it's a good song. I just wouldn't like just put on that song. Oh, Uh, I've been putting on flying just a jam too. Okay. Trivia fact about flying is the, I think it's the first time or the only time. I don't remember which, uh, all four Beatles are giving writing credits. That is cool. Yeah. It's like, let's give Ringo one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a kind of like a psychedelic, almost like ambient feel thing going on. So I, I really like that. Yeah. It is, uh, it is a good song. It really is. But have, do you guys look at their um, instrument credits on this album? No, I did not. Okay. There's some wild instrumentation on this record. Dude. Yeah. I saw some crazy stuff when I was looking that up. Yeah, like... um, uh, there's, so, there's a bunch of interesting Indian instruments that I don't know how to pronounce. I'm going to be completely honest. So they have people um, on the Mellotron, um, the Harmonium, which is like... A fr- it's a free read organ. Um, people are playing recorders and penny whistles. Uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, um, Swarmondal, which is like a weird Indian harp. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's. And they were pretty tame with like the way it wasn't like all like in your face. Like I feel like uh, the last songs on Revolver had like really weird instruments, but it was like could be really in your face. Like, hey, you've never heard this before. We're going to play this instrument for like 30 seconds by itself. Yeah, there's a lot of you've never heard this sound, yeah. so we're putting it in here. Like, they've got the bass harmonica in here, you know? Yeah, but like, yeah, in this That's album, awesome. it's less like it's less up front. Right. But it creates an interesting sound. Yeah, I think it gives it more of like a cohesive sound at least. Yeah. Except for the mixing. The mixing throws me off so much in this record. The mixing is completely <laughs> wild. Yeah. Did everybody listen on headphones? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Which is um when I tried to compare it when I was listening on headphones to other albums, I was like, Oh, this sounds so different. Um, yeah, because like I, the earlier so, Beatles albums. Yeah, well I was listening through, right, and you get all those like super weird like you get all those super weird stuff like moving around. And then you get to uh your mother should know, and then it switches to like a more traditional mix. Yeah. For a second. Mm-hmm. And then halfway through the song, they just abandon that completely and go back to like the wild mixing again. So I was just, it just kept throwing me off because I was like, oh, sweet. Okay. So they kind of did like a little bit of a traditional thing here and then they just threw it out the window. Well, like, I think it works within the theme of the song itself, though. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. It's just, you know, like, it, it's, it, I was focusing more on the production than I was on the actual song at that point. Yeah. Yeah, the production here is nuts. My there's parts of it that's like kind of hard to listen to. It's yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely true. At. That's definitely true. Uh, we were listening yeah. to it today in the car, and Lindsay was like, "You got to turn this down. I I can't." Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get to like. Um... I don't know. I am the walrus. So many, like, I mean, it's going like yeah, yeah. Just, like, what is happening there? In the background. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> the le- like, wanna... what is what is the uh, like, what is the um, like the voice stuff happening there? Oh, dude. Like, what's what's going on with the it's vocals? The, it's that crazy thing that yeah, um, yeah. I know it is that, but it's talking about yeah, but it's like hat like that one. That one's so weird because I remember like my second or third time listening to it, I was like, wait a minute, what? why how like like in the context of this time what's happening here like yeah. on that and blue jay way i was like i don't understand dude also um can we just talk about the bass tone on baby you're a rich man oh yeah dude. oh my god i have never heard a bass tone like that before do you like it Dude, yeah, yeah, it was so. It was like the sexiest bass tone. I've never heard anything like that in my life. I want to do whatever I can to reinvent that. You got to get a I violin ever... bass or whatever. Oh, the viola bass thing. Um, I thought it was called a violin bass. I think I think when you like look it up, they call it like a viola bass because they because it's like a stupid stupid like brand name yeah. thing. Who, who did uh, oh. who did bass work for the Beatles? Paul McCartney. Oh, okay. We and should he, just... Um, he plays a violin yeah, we bass should... or viola bass or whatever. Okay. At some point, we just need to get uh, Paul McCartney and uh, Edgar Meyer on the podcast, and we can talk about oh, that yeah. stuff. Let's, let's, let's get on that. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be a good idea. He does um, bass and mandolin. Man, okay. So. That's cool. Yeah, like... If oh, you, wow, yeah. If you watch okay. one of his live shows, he switched... One of his uh, guitarists switch out from bass from guitar to bass when he pulls out his mandolin so mm. he usually is playing mandolin or bass when he's playing live sometimes piano okay yeah because bass and mandolin are tuned the same yeah i mean the they're exactly the same instrument yeah it's just a smaller one so i can never tell the difference between what's playing if it's a mandolin or a bass <laughs> I never know if it's like like on the last one I was having a tra- hard time distinguishing is that Chris Thiele or is that Edgar Meyer? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Good. Good. Oh um, man. So, what's everybody's favorite song? And ratings. Well, uh, do you want to start us off, Jordan? Because I know you you were have you were having some. All right. 
So I'm getting this album an 11 out of 11. Obviously. Man. I think this is a great album. Mm-hmm. I like every song. They're all bangers. <laughs> the Fool Here on the Hill, the I think, is my favorite. All right. Um, okay. It's really good. In the past, Baby or Rich Man has been my favorite. And same with uh, I'm the Walrus. I don't have a least favorite song. I can't. Yeah. I mean. You have to pick a least favorite. Maybe all you need is love, but only because it's been overplayed, maybe. Because I really like the message in that song. You know? That's fair enough, I totally agree with you on that. That's See, that's my least favorite because it's the most Yeah, who who is it? Sun Chips? Is Sun Chips the one who used the All You Need Is Love song? I feel like a bunch of brands have used it. Yeah. Yeah, Sunship should just replace uh, "All You Need Is Love" uh, with the awful crinkle loud noise that they yeah. make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just have cr- crinkly chip uh, bag of chips, uh, like <laughs> peaking a mic. That's their that's their jingle. Yeah, try and open one of those when you still live with your parents at night. It doesn't go over well. <laughs> yeah, you wake up the whole house with those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Jordan, you said "Fool on the Hill's favorite, and then probably "All You Need Is Love" is your least. Yeah, I really like all the sayings in "All You Need Is Love," like the uh, "There's nothing you can do that can't be done." I just feel like the song's played all over the place, and you know. Okay. Uh, I guess. Did you want to go ahead uh, and go? I'm on the same page as you as my least favorite being um, "All You Need Is Love." I will say that my favorite probably is it's like a mix it's like either penny lane or baby you're a rich man i can't really i don't know which one to pick really uh i enjoy both of them like about the same uh if i would rate this album uh i think i'm gonna go with stars i'm gonna give this album a 4.5 in my own opinion like I I love a lot of the songs on this, but I don't know. I just I would probably listen to other Beatles albums over this one. Like I do, lo- like I would listen to a lot of these songs on their own. But yeah, that's my rating. Well, I uh, I'm gonna have to go with. I think I have to go with "Flying" is my least favorite song, just because it kind of. Oh no! It didn't catch my attention as much as everything else did. I appreciate the song for sure. It's not that I don't enjoy it, but um, it's, it's gonna be my least favorite on the album. And uh, I think my favorite is "Baby You're a Rich Man." I just can't get over that bass tone. What do you rate it? Oh, uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it 11 out of the 12 pack. You know, 11 beers out of the 12 pack. I think that's a fair rating for this for this album. Um, I, it's not. It's definitely not my favorite album of all time or anything, uh, but it's solid, well put together. I think it gets such a high rating for me because of the insane instrumentation, recording, and production value in here. I wish that the production value wasn't so overdone. I guess like the the crazy like mixing and all that, but I, I really enjoy the instrumentation and the wild lyrics and fun effects and that, that definitely brought it over the top for me if um baby is a rich man's your favorite you need to check out don't let me down yeah by the way okay it's from um the rooftop concert okay they, i'll look it up yeah so thanks dude yeah just check out the video of it actually the video is super sick so um hmm, sweet okay um, I'm gonna have to go with I don't know. Um, for my favorite song, it's it's hard. There's a lot of really good ones. I really like your mother should know. That was probably my favorite going into it. Um, uh, Strawberry Fields Forever. I really like a lot more. Um, listening to it in the with this album. So I don't know. I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I go with uh, Your Mother Should Know. I just really like that one. Not even really sure 100% why, but um, I like that one. And then my least favorite is 
All you need is love. Uh, and I'm going to have to rate this album actually a 7.5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. on the lower side, but like I actually made a formula to do everything out of 10. And then, like, I don't know. If if this was a different context, maybe, like, if I was reviewing this album, like, in the 60s, or if I was rating it based off, like, production, like, uh, innovation and stuff like that, obviously it would be, like, a 10 out of 10 as far as that stuff goes, but I didn't, I don't, I'm not really factoring that in as far as my modern listening experience. But, mm-hmm. yeah, 7.5 out of 10. I think that's still pretty good for an album that's you know what's how how old now uh like 50 old. years old 53 years old yeah something like that. yeah so yeah what's your process what's your formula hammy let us in um so uh yeah i decided to give each um each song can be anywhere from a zero to a two uh, zero being skip, uh, one being okay, two being love, and then um, you know tally all that up and put that over the uh, you know the um, denominator. But then also add to the denominator uh, two points for um, album concept. Album concept. So zero would be like what the hell are all these songs doing together? Uh, one out of two was like, okay, yeah, that's good. And maybe at some point I'll put do a point something, like if I feel like it. And then like uh, two out of two would be like, this is a really great concept album and I love how this, these songs flow into each other. So for that, I gave it a one. Um, and then for songs, it got a 17 out of 22. And that came out to, I think, exactly 7.5. Okay, that's interesting. Jeez. So what's the highest score? You can what get? do you mean? What's well, the highest what score now? 10 out of 10. 10. Oh, because 10. It's, a, it's over a denominator. So if everything was perfect, like if I loved every song and I thought the concept was perfect and all the songs worked perfectly together, I'll give it a 10 out of 10. Oh, uh, I gotcha. Okay, cool. Yep. So, that is so yeah. complicated. That is super complicated. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that just makes sense to me. No, I mean, if it works for you, it works for you, man. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Well. So what has everyone been listening to this week? Okay. So (laughs) I got into a really old artist this week. Uh, Charlie Bird. Um. He's a jazz guitarist. He okay. died in 1999 at the age of 74. So <laughs> he's pretty. How you spell his name? Uh, C H A R L I E B Y R D. Cool. Um, and specifically his album. Bossa Nova Pelos Passeros. It's a it's a short album, twenty nine minutes, twelve songs. But I've been getting into the Bossa Nova like rhythm style, and this album stood out to me more than anything else has so far that I've been listening to. And then I started spreading out into this guy's discography and. He's got a jackload, but it's a discography people should check out for sure to listen to some crazy stuff. So I'll have to give it a listen. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the album's from 1962. So, but he released stuff as late as um, like 1999, right before he died. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, so on Spotify, I got the notification for the Time Capsule playlist, which is, like, songs I used to listen to, like, years and years, and I remembered I used to listen to, like, Outkast a lot, so I've been listening to a lot of Outkast this week, and, uh, 
who else was it? Uh, the Killers. So I've been listening to them a lot. Uh, Outkast is great. One of the best duos in hip hop. Um, it like a lot of their songs are just fun to listen to and like just crazy, uh, especially for the time their music was coming out in like the nineties and it was mainly about like New York East Coast rap versus West Coast and the South was just doing their own thing and they were kinda at the forefront of it. So that's what I've been listening to this week. Uh I've been this might be a band that you guys know. I just have never really listened to them before. I knew one of their songs. They're called the Wood Brothers. I've heard of them. Um they're very they're like a just like a folk folk rock band i guess um very similar to the ava brothers uh in like the instrumentation and the actually the vocals pretty similar to you um yeah i've been listening to a lot of that they've been digging it this song i got loaded is awesome and that just like came up on a ava brothers radio when i was listening to music so i definitely check them out and i've been listening to a ton of uh I went back on like a weird vaporwave trip again. Um, I know I talked to Hamilton about that a little bit the first time I discovered that genre. Um, I just, it's so fascinating to me. I just got, I I try to keep listening to it to, I guess, try and understand it. I I don't really know, but it's super weird, lo-fi, 80s inspired full of samples from random stuff it's, it's cool I, I there's a cool artist called blank banshee they do like vapor trap which is a whole subgenre. i don't want to get down that rabbit hole right now but definitely enjoyable i really really like that yeah. stuff did you ever listen to uh windows 96 i think i did i think i think when we were talking about it i listened to it but it doesn't stick out now um, I have to, I have to give it a listen again. I've just been trying to branch out more cause I'm getting, I was in one of those moods for the past couple weeks really where I've been listening to just emo and that's not good for your brain. So yeah. Yeah. The windows 96 can be, can feel kind of like just the background variant of, um, the vaporwave. Also, oh. Yeah. Well, as a victor, I meant to ask, um, were you listening to any of the, the newer stuff by the Killers? Uh, no, I have not. I was mainly okay. listening to uh, Hot Fuzz. Okay, because you know they have an album that came out in August. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I haven't given it a chance yet to listen to, but I will okay. probably be listening to it this week. And, awesome. uh Tommy, uh, I'm actually the, the Wood Brothers. Like a lot of people are listening to them on like they have millions of streams on their top five songs, which is wild because we're kind of in those circles and I've never heard of them. I've like yeah, I was looking them up. I'm surprised I haven't heard of them to be honest with you. That's what I was thinking because um, I've. I, I've, when I found them, they were super popular, so I was really con- I was I, I assumed you guys would know them, and I just fell off that the train and never listened to them. Yeah, I, like I don't know. Maybe they're in like their songs. A, yeah, maybe they're just in a group of like that style music that's just more popular than the circles of musicians that we know. I don't know. Yeah, because I've I've heard their songs on, uh, like when Spotify will like randomly play music based on whatever you're listening to when a song ends. Uh, I've heard Spotify radio, I guess. I don't know. I never click. I just click on a song and it'll just keep playing. But, uh, yeah, like I've heard some of their music before. I just never like looked up the artists and man, but they, they seem really popular. Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely it, the vocals really remind me of the Ava Brothers because when I was first listening to it, I thought it was just another Ava Brothers song, um, and then the the lyrics didn't match up with like themes from them. So, yeah, okay. yeah, I just looked up just a few other bands for reference. 
the Avett Brothers are more popular, but like everybody knows the Avett Brothers now. But compared to yeah. other musicians we listen to, like at least on Spotify, their listenership is like way higher. Gotcha. Yeah. I I was also going to bring up one genre that I found this week that I thought was super fun, I guess. It's it's really stupid. It's called Mallsoft. It's basically just really lo-fi um like jazz, like electronic jazz played at a like played far away from a microphone. So it sounds like it's playing through like an empty mall. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah, I've heard some of that stuff. I definitely, it's a great just like put it on while you're trying to like focus kind of music, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love those like fringy electronic genres. That's it's a that that was a fun little fun. Cool, cool. Well, y'all ready to do the dice rolling? No, yeah. because I haven't talked about what I've been listening to this week. Oh, oh sorry. Crap. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, yeah, I've been listening to uh, a lot of the uh, um, Fleet Foxes, uh, the new album, and uh, kind of listening. And, like, people are talking about it being, like, really different from other Fleet Foxes albums. Um, and, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of different from crack up and helplessness blues but like not that much from their the stuff they started with um but then like i don't know i looked into it more and they're talking more about lyrically thematically like it's much more upbeat but so i guess but i don't know i thought it was really good um and then um the new sophie and stevens album made me go back and listen to like a lot of his older stuff and i just spent like a ton of time um yeah, like digesting the new album and some of his old stuff, and then also yeah, Fleet Foxes. That's the main stuff. So, what genre is that? Huh? I can't pronounce there. There's something Stevens. Sophie what, Stevens. The, what genre is that? Uh, it's kind of like across the board. He's been making music since I don't know for like fifteen, twenty. No, more than that. Since the nineties, early nineties. Uh, and it's broadly folk art folk art rock folk pop like he has some like he has he did an electronic ambient album earlier this year with his dad he's done like some like electro pop albums he's done some straight up like like banjo and mandolin like folk albums who's his dad hmm uh it's just his or stepdad it's just a stepdad like it's no one you would know the name of unless you knew him. i was like is his dad cat stevens (laughs) No, no. It's he's a cre- it's like credit musician, but like no, you wouldn't know of him if you didn't know of Sofian. Uh, okay. What's uh, his name? But no, he's Sofian Stevens. I think is how you pronounce it. S U F J A N. Oh, it's that's like a crazy Stevens. name. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's like Persian for something. Yeah. I don't know. I've I've always liked his music, but I figured since um, one of my favorite musicians. I always knew he was kind of like a bit of a dick, um, but actually is way more of one the more you know about him and, you know, has some um, some uh, things people are calling him out for. Uh, I figured it was I was going to get more into a musician who, like, is actually a little more uh, wholesome. <laughs> so, like, behind the scenes anyways. Gotcha. His music is also can be equally depressing as every other folk artist, but yeah. <laughs> they sound nice, but then you listen to it, and you're like, oh, this is really sad. Yeah, there's some definitely, like, a lot of uh, optimism in his music, though. Like, even though it's very clearly melancholy music, he has a lot of, uh, a lot of like, upbeat things, like, where he'll, like, end the song with, like, a kind of a message of hope, stuff like that. Like, he does a lot of that. But, like, this latest album is, like pretty much uh i think he his quote was he's waking up from the american dream Hmm. like he basically lost like faith in like america needs to rethink how he thinks about the world gotcha yeah cool 
Well, apparently yeah. he plays the uh, gutelin. He plays like over 20 instruments. He plays some wild instruments that most people haven't heard of. So yeah. you, you'd find him interesting, Jordan, in that yeah. sense. That's a cool one. That one's like a, an American lute. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, are you guys ready to roll dice? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, let's do this. Okay, I'm going to roll the d4 first. One. Okay. So it's Hamilton. Hammy. Oh, boy. All right. Oh, I forgot what albums I put. All right, let's see. And eight. Gold Gold record. record. Bill Callahan. Yep. Oh, cool. Okay. That's the album that came out like, uh, like last month. By Bill oh. Callahan. This is a new one. He's like What's the, the Zen Cowboy. Yeah. Gold record. We'll uh, see you in two weeks. And uh, as we All say right. at the end of every episode. I am the Eggman. Uh, you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't uh, torn a vinyl. You, you right. wouldn't s- steal a car. You wouldn't download a house. pizza. Yeah. All right. There we go. Bye. Yep. Okay, bye.